Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Four Downs, the home of the CMG Central. I'm Ovi Muniz, and I am without Joe Aguirre tonight, but hey, the show must go on. It's college football week six, and quite interesting games, but also there's been a lot of injuries going on in the game. We also have a lot of firings, too, and it just seems like there's a habit. Like every week, we find out another coach is getting fired. I'm going to be covering the top 25 along with the Heisman Trophy candidates for this year and also my picks leading on to week six of the college football playoffs. I'm over my knees once again by myself, and I need your help to get through this show because, man, it's not the same without Joe. And I'll miss this guy, but he had duties he has to attend to, and I'm here. So let's get the show going, shall we? Let's go. Here we go. We're starting off with the head coaching firings. And another week, another news, and that is no other than Carl Dorrell, who is from the University of Colorado. Unlike Georgia Tech's redundancy of announcement, Colorado pulled the plug on Dorrell who went winless in five games this season and 8-15 overall in three seasons. Defensive coordinator Chris Wilson was let go as well. The offensive coordinator Mike Sanford will serve as the interim coach until the athletic director makes a decision. Durrell will receive an $8.7 million buyout. That seems to be a habit when you, these coaches are getting fired because they're getting a paycheck just to get out of, get out of Dodge, all right? But if you look at his history, uh, Darrell's history is not a great one. Okay, he's only had one solid season with UCLA, and that was in 2005. Who went 10 and 2 that season, and he won uh, a bowl game. And at the time, that was the only time that he made it in the top 25, ranked 13 in the coaches' poll and 16 in the AP polls. Other than that, his first year with Colorado. He finished four and two, three and one. And of course, if we all know, 2020 was the pandemic, but they lost in Alamo Dome. And ever since that, last year going four and eight, and this year going winless, it was just time. And I think they had enough of the coach. Three strikes are out, being the third season. I kind of understand why they're doing it now. But another coach that I'm still confused about is this one right here. Wisconsin ended the terms with now former head coach Paul Christ. Now, the news was a big surprise, like I said earlier. His overall record is 67 and 26. Okay. 43 and 18 within the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, I got it. He started two and three. He's 0-2 in the conference. But what kind of firing? What happened? What's going on? I need to know the real reason why you're letting this man go. This guy's a legend within the University of Wisconsin. Looking at his resume, I mean, he was a coach in Pittsburgh from the Big East Conference to the Atlantic Coast Conference. He went 19 and 19, got it. Then the job came about for him to be the Wisconsin Badgers head coach and successfully. I'm looking at the numbers now. He's never had a losing record, okay, a not, not even a losing season throughout his tenure with Wisconsin. 
Yet, even though it is a slow start at two and three, there is still plenty of games left in this season for him to go on. But instead, he is fired. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Every year they go to a bowl game. Why are you firing this coach? I need to know more about what's going on behind the scenes, right? What kind of proof, what kind of evidence do you have that give reasons for him to get fired? This guy was born in Madison, Wisconsin. He was the quarterback for Wisconsin from 1986 to 1988. This guy did good things for this school. A three-time Big Ten West Division champs, two-time Big Ten Coach of the Year. Now, the viewers expecting him to win the Big Ten Conference. I mean, that's kind of hard to do when your rival on the other side is Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. I mean, it's it's rock solid over there on the other division, right? The East Division is just hard to get through. But you're firing this coach. What was the reason? Was it because of the transfer portal he didn't use effectively? Is it the analytics that made you decide to fire him? I'm just confused, man. I'm just confused. Let's see if Wisconsin does better with another coach. But I don't think they were going to come anyone close for Wisconsin compared to Christ. I'm um, excuse me. Yes, to Paul Christ. But you might have done him a favor anyway. Maybe he'll go on to the SEC, take one of those schools, and then take them to the to the promised land. That would probably rub into Wisconsin's face, huh? I don't know. I'm just confused on that. In a more serious note, injuries erupted on Saturday. The most notable of them all was Oklahoma's defensive back, Damon Harmon. He was stretchered off the field following a tackle in the TCU game. Medical personnel spent approximately 15 minutes before er escorting him off the field. He suffered a head and neck injury. Good news, all tests and scans came back negative. But it's still hard to determine if he's going to come back and play this season. Elsewhere, we had was Oklahoma suffered uh, another loss in the same game, and that will happen earlier with Dylan Gabriel, who exited in the second quarter. Gabriel suffered an apparent head injury on a late hit, which was called targeting. He is being evaluated under the concussion protocol. Gabriel is more likely not to play in his next game. LSU defensive back Seven Banks was carted off the field during the win over Auburn. And Alabama's Bryce Young injured his AC joint in his shoulder against Arkansas. It affected his throwing power. Nick Saban is optimistic Young will play in the next game. But they got plenty of talent in Alabama in case Bryce Young does not get the green light for this weekend. Upset special, man. Upset special. I love it, man. This is why they play the game. Okay, UCLA defeated Washington 40-32. Ole Miss defeated Kentucky 36-25. Mississippi State defeated Texas A&M 42-24. TCU wins over Oklahoma 55-24. The Sooner lose back-to-back -back games against the color of purple. <laughs> Last week, they lost to Kansas State. This time, they lose to TCU. 
Both teams wearing purple. Maybe I'm superstitious. I don't know. But things ain't not looking good for the Oklahoma Sooners. Not looking good whatsoever. Purdue being unpredictable to what they are. They are the spoiler makers. Okay. They defeated the undefeated Minnesota 20 to 10. And Georgia Tech wins with the new head coach and upsets Pittsburgh 26 to 21. This is crazy. Okay. Crazy. Now, normally I will ask Joe if he believes the hype or not and stuff like that. So I'm going to continue on with it without him. Let's see if you guys believe the hype or not. You ready? With Wisconsin firing their head coach, will Kansas Jayhawks head coach Lance Leopold, who is, you know, would he be the head coach for Wisconsin? Would he take the job? And I'm not going to believe the hype. I'm not even going to entertain it. Because if you got it good with the organization, if you got it good with that school, especially your first-year head coach, okay, you got the team at 5-0 and right now. You got the team to 5-0. and Why would you move out of there and go somewhere else? Just saying. You got the players that you recruited. They're still young. You never know what you're going to get moving on. Next year, the following year, I mean, Kansas, the way they're playing, they could still win the Big 12 championship. I'm not saying they're doing it this year, but anything's possible. But they look very, very good. Why would you leave to go somewhere else, to Wisconsin, which fired a head coach that was winning every season? And again, we don't know the background to the story. We just see the stats. Kansas continued to win at 5-0, and and I would love to tell you, uh, Joe, if you were here, is last week you said you didn't believe the hype. Do you believe it now? I do. I've been believing it. I bet I got a rank before the AP polls ranked Kansas. They're damn good. They're just not being watched publicly and nationally. Okay? But they're good. So I will keep focus on the Kansas Jayhawks. Okay? I would. So don't sleep on them. UCLA's win over Washington means that the tables turn into Chip Kelly's direction and the Pac-12. Can he and the Bruins upset the entire conference? I believe it. You know, it's funny because this is the season where you think that these teams are not capable of doing anything and they're proving everybody wrong. And thankfully for the transfer portal, there are just too many moves going on. It's hard to tell who's going where, what talent's there, and does that player fit in the coach's theme? That's what it boils down to. And right now, UCLA is doing awesome. But they got a big test this weekend. And we're going to cover that game in fourth down. Each week, a coach is being fired. Who will be the next coach? Do you believe the hype on this one? Will Will Brian Harson, head coach of the Auburn Tigers. Oh, I'm sorry, the Auburn War Eagles. What Auburn fired their head coach? Well, the bid is on right now that Harson is most favored to be the first one out 
compared to David Shaw in Stanford and Jeff Scott in South Florida. Just saying. It could happen. Should they lose this weekend, you never know. We could have a record setting here if another coach is being fired. Because every week, someone is getting the boot. All right, let's move down to second down real quick. And let's talk about the Heisman, shall we? C.J. Stroud is favored to win this year. Followed by him is Caleb Williams, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, Blake Corum, Stetson Bennett, Adrian Martinez, Jameer Gibbs, Jalen Daniels, and DJ Ugalele. Now, you know that they'll invite the first four, Stroud, Williams, Young, and Hooker. That's if they maintain this st status quo all the way to the end because the ceremony will take place in, in the first Saturday of December. So who should be the favorite? Well, I got a winner for you. Don't know if you're going to agree with me, but that's all right. And no, I'm not picking Sense of Bennett. I don't trust that guy. I'm surprised he's on the list. If it was me, he'll be probably a 12th or 13th with a plus 6,000. 6, I just not believe in the hype on that one. Okay. But CJ Stroud, he's in third place behind Will Rogers and Drake May with 18 touchdown passes. He's thrown 68.7%, only throw two interceptions, and his QBR is a 196.3. Pretty good. Pretty good for a guy that I thought was supposed to win last year, but Bryce Young won it, and that's cool. And I have him favored this year. But something's making me change my mind. Let's not forget Blake Corum, who's already rushing for 611 yards. He leads college football with 10 rushing touchdowns that's amazing it really is okay yeah Caleb Williams is throwing 67.3 percent but Hendon Hooker is throwing 71.7 percent completion percentage that's outstanding he's throwing eight touchdown passes his QBR is 183.7, but he's also rushed 175 yards and rushed in three touchdowns. He is responsible for 11 touchdowns, and he is also responsible with his legs to get first downs. That's the guy that you need. That is the guy that you need. Another person is Adrian Martinez, who's not only thrown three passing touchdowns, but he's also rushed nine touchdowns. He leads in rushing of all quarterbacks at 409, uh, excuse me, 469 yards. This guy's doing it all. He's breaking people's ankles, break people's necks. He's just running wild. Now, it is my understanding that the person to win the Heisman has to be the most outstanding player. The most outstanding player. Name me out of those top 10 who is the number one outstanding player. I only could think of two, Hendon Hooker and Adrian Martinez. And yes, I know Blake Corum, but Michigan, they're going to get their competition going. And so is Ohio State. They're going to get their competition going. And I'm going to talk more about those two teams shortly. 
But if you're talking about the most outstanding player, Martinez and Hooker, right now, should be the top two. I know it's debatable, and I got it, but they are outstanding. Moving on to third down, and this is one of my favorites, is my uh, my top 25. And, of course, I got to put some background into this one because, yo, it is what it is, man. You got to love this. You got to love it. All right, here we go. Washington State is having an outstanding season, and so is Kansas State. Okay, TCU is jumping right in there, but we already know what's going on with TCU. It took care of business over Oklahoma. All right, Mississippi State. You're looking fabulous, and Minnesota's dropped all the way down to 25, and that's all right. All right, they could still redeem themselves there in the Big Ten. Moving on to 16 through 20, Syracuse, UCLA, Cincinnati, Tulane, and Coastal Carolina. As you notice, I don't have any two lost teams in my top 25, but everyone's sleeping on Syracuse. Uh, they they winning quietly, and UCLA, they're about to throw down against Utah. They're 5-0. Cincinnati and Tulane from the AAC, they're doing outstanding, and so is Coastal Carolina quietly being at 5-0 in the Sun Belt Conference. Yes, we're talking about the Sun Belt Conference that been beating up on the Power 5 conferences. That's right. 11-15, Oregon, Kansas, Utah, Kentucky, and Wake Forest. Wake Forest is doing an outstanding job, man. You know, you got to give props to them. They hang tough with Clemson going to overtime, but they fell short. But that's all right. But they came back and won over Florida State. Kentucky, nice try, but you couldn't mess around with Ole Miss. And I told you so. We'll talk about Ole Miss later. Utah, 4-1. They got a good challenge against UCLA. Kansas is 5-0. Don't sleep on Kansas. All right? Let's look at 7-10. Ole Miss, 5-0, Oklahoma State, USC, and Penn State. Not ready for USC, baby. You're going to tell me that they're ready to look outside into the college football playoffs? I'm sorry, man. They're not better than Ole Miss and Oklahoma State. They're out of vengeance to take over the Big 12. Watch out. Penn State, they got a, they got a lot to handle when they go against Michigan and Ohio State, but they're safely at number 10. Now, don't be don't get mad on my top six real quick, alright? But I got in order Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, and Tennessee. Yes, Alabama, number one, deserving. Because Georgia, the last two weeks, they're falling apart. They're supposed to be the best defense in college football. They're choking every week. They so mad, they've been fighting against each other in the sideline instead of fighting on the field. Ohio State, they're doing good. Michigan's doing good. I got you. You know, be like, how could Ohio State be on top of Michigan? I'm going to save that for my last, okay? But you got Clemson and Tennessee outside looking in, respectively. And you know it. And the hookers making it happen for Tennessee. And Clemson won a big game. And they have the right to be at number five. 
Now, sticking with Michigan and Ohio State, I'm going to tell you right now, there are similar, similar schedules. They do. Okay. Now, I've been questioning about why Ohio State is under Michigan. They should be number two. I'm not in the bandwagon when it comes to the media. I'm not being persuaded what everyone else thinks, what analytics, the SP Plus ratings, and all st stuff like that. This is what I do remember. I do remember that Michigan defeated Ohio State. Okay. I do remember that that offense, who scored 42 plus points over Ohio State last year, they're still there in that team. Okay. And I do remember that Blake Corn was the backup running back in that game. And he also played and he averaged over 10 yards a carry to the same offensive line that you have at Ohio State. Okay. Now, this is a new year. You're right. But if Ohio State is improving, don't you think Michigan is improving also? And don't you think that right now Michigan has a better defense than Ohio State? And yes, Ohio State may have a better offense than Michigan, but the offense and offense don't really play against each other, do they? Defense wins championships. And right now, Michigan's defense is better than Ohio State. Now, we could argue about that all you want. But it's the facts are the facts. But all that, well, we have to wait towards Thanksgiving weekend to see Michigan versus Ohio State and Ohio State, and we see if they could win two in a row. But if Ohio State wins, you know they in. And no matter what I place them, the top four is automatically going to the college football playoffs. That's like the top four is already number one. So what's up with all the arguments about who's seating where? One, two, three, four. You already know that as of right now, two teams will not make it to the top four. Two teams that is ranked right there, okay? And the most vulnerable is either Michigan or Ohio State because they got to play each other. But then Georgia's looking suspect. And the only team safe right now out of the top four is Alabama. And then if should they lose one game, let's suppose, politically, they're going to get it. And that's the honest truth. Right now, the only team that's far up there is Alabama. Everybody else is crushed in in points. So let's see what happens after this weekend. Will that list still be the same? Or you want to throw the yellow flag and call BS and all that? Hey. That's your opinion. Everyone has the right for their opinion, and that's cool. Time for the picks. Time for the picks. I love it. Okay. This is probably one of my favorites because Joe and I, we both tied at 10 and 4. Can we do better? Ah, yes. Yes, we can. I love it. And I'm going to carry on right here. Once I found my notes, because it's just getting wild. Here we go. Let's start with the first game. It's a Friday game. UNLV versus San Jose State. UNLV Rebels. They're looking solid, man. I know they suffered a loss last week. But uh, they still looking good over San Jose State. Yeah, I think so. 
UNLV quarterback Doug Brumfield has been passing 70% of his passes. Been sacked 11 times. But San Jose's quarterback, Siobhan Cordero, has been sacked 13 times. So it's a battle of sacks, and it's a battle to see who, who, who will survive in the trenches, right? Kind of crazy, but hey, you want to rely on UNLV. I think I'll stick with the 70% passing and a good running game from UNLV to make that happen. So give me UNLV in this game. Moving on to Tennessee Volunteers versus the LSU Tigers. Two ranked teams going at it, and this is best for football right here. The hot Tennessee versus I don't know what's up with LSU. <laughs> they won four straight, man. But remember, you only think about how they lost to Florida State, right? But it is what it is. All right. The last time Tennessee won in Benton Rouge was in 2005. So you already know LSU's been running the table ever since. But Henning Hooker may be the guy to make that mark for the Heisman. And this is why he needs to shine this week. So Tennessee will win. And I got I got a score for this game. It is 35 to 32. Got him, folks. Let's do this. Give me Tennessee in this game. TCU visits Kansas. Another two ranked teams going after each other. 4-0, 5-0. Which team will get their first loss? Ooh, yi TCU has won three straight against the Jayhawks. However, these are not the same Jayhawks, which was led by quarterback Jalen Daniels. Oh, by the way, his name is on near the Heisman. It's a home game for Kansas. I'm taking Kansas for the victory. Texas Longhorns versus the Oklahoma Sooners. Wow, these two teams are not ranked. Kind of crazy for, to be a Red River rivalry, right? The showdown is going to happen in Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. It's a neutral site for both teams, but yeah, it's in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be split. Red, orange, horns up, horns down. It's going to get down. But I am taking the Oklahoma Sooners. I think, no, I scratched that. I'm taking the Texas Longhorns, excuse me. The Sooners are banged up, man. And we don't even know if Dylan Gabriels is going to play. But I know who might play this weekend. Ewers is coming back. He might end up starting this, this weekend. But no matter what, right now, Texas looks good right now. And in best shape, better than the Sooners. So I'm taking the Longhorns in this one. You got the Utah Utes versus the UCLA Bruins. Two ranked teams going after each other. How about that, huh? On paper and with the analytic points at UCLA is the better team. The Bruins defeated the ranked team Washington 40-32. But Utah does have a strong defense that has not allowed any team to score more than 29 points. But I am taking the upset in this one. I'm taking the UCLA Bruins to beat the Utah Utes. Washington State Cougars and the USC Trojans. Man, Washington State is playing an awesome, awesome games, man. It's a good season for them. They're doing good. But I don't think it's going to be good enough to get by USC. I think USC got enough that they will surpass Washington State at the end of the game and take a win. So I'm taking USC in this game. Florida State versus North Carolina State. Both teams are 4-1. And both teams are coming from a loss and need to bounce back 
NC State has a better defense. And I am leaning on to NC State to take care of business. And they should win at home against Florida State. Other games I'm picking, Alabama over Texas A&M. Michigan to defeat Indiana. Georgia to top Auburn. And I'm going to tell you right now, Georgia needs to beat them by over 30 points. Or they're just not handling the top four. Sorry. Auburn is very, very vulnerable. And Ohio State over Michigan State. I don't know what's going on at Michigan State right now. This is not the same school that I know that they were so competitive in the last four years. It's just something's very off. And I think Ohio State, once again, will prevail. And if you're covering the spread on this one, your best bet is to take Ohio State. And that's it, man. That's all she wrote when it comes to the college football. I am shorthanded right now. Wish Joe was around because, yeah, I know. We'll have a better conversation and stuff like that. And it's all good. But he will be back next week. I have nothing for the final whistle. But I'll tell you this. Don't be surprised what happens. Don't be surprised if at least six top 25 teams go down. That's my number. Six teams going down in the top 25 this weekend. I smell nothing but upsets, tears, and everything else going on this weekend. But if you're a betting man, I tell you what, your safest bet, Ohio State and Michigan covering their spreads, you got them. All right? And that's all I got. Thank you for watching the college football week six. Until next time, you're watching all four downs.